Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hi guys, welcome to um, film, what? No, cinema therapy, I was going to say something else. Uh, where we discuss your favorite, no, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking like some of my other podcasts. Um, so this is Cinema Therapy, where we talk about uh, movies that sort of like have to do with the thing that we discuss for the weekend. It's a running theme that we struggle to find movies and um, we're back again with that problem. Do so. we struggle to find movies or we just we're too picky? Too much? I don't think so. It's like if the movie works, it works. Um, no, we don't really. Don't worry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, Go on. yeah. I feel like if the movie works, it works. But if it doesn't work, then you know that's when we have debates about it. I don't think we argue too much about Marriage Story. We didn't argue too much about. I think that's the only movie we've not even have, <laughs> which is the first one, I guess. Uh, but anyways, okay. So this before we dive into that, um, we are making a thing of reading out comments, and uh, after the last episode on the conditions of unconditional love. I think Wale and I noticed that it was one of the episodes that had the quickest comments. So usually comments come in like, you know, four or five days after the episode, people have like listened to it at different times and whatnot. But here, I think I just accidentally opened the thing and I saw like three or four comments in there already. Um, so I'm just going to read. Well, over the comments. Um, yeah. Would like more comments as well. I don't know if people are still not used to the commenting feature or people just listen to podcasts at the moments where they know with their phones and stuff um yeah but more comments would also be nice to shed light on the comments on this kind of um follow-up chats that we have yeah but i mean i think we're pushing it more and more and then i guess everyone is trying to get into get into it slowly so we appreciate the comments that keep coming through so thank you guys mm, absolutely Great. Um, so I'll just read some of them. I'm not the greatest at reading things out, I've noticed, but let me try and do it I'll just read. I know. All right. Um, so um, someone says, well, you can see what someone is because it's not anonymous, but I'm just going to pretend like it's anonymous. Um, I concur with Toby. When I think about unconditional love, I think about God's unconditional love. I don't consider love as an emotion, but as a command given by God and express my love following God's framework. Um, and the person goes on to quote like a Bible verse that talks about uh, the popular one that talks about love being patient, kind, and so on. Um, and then she goes on to say, when I think about unconditional love, I associate this with familial love. Um, that then she asks a question that, you know, can you have unconditional love in romantic relationships? Which is quite interesting because obviously when we think about romantic relationships, we think about unconditional love. But it looks like when you're dipping things really much, you then figure out that, you know, Actually, no. You know, I was going to argue that even fam- um, familial love is conditional because you're saying you love the person because they're your family, pretty much. And that's like a condition. The condition, if the condition, obviously the condition that no. you can't take away. No, but that's think, not what it means. What, like, so, how else so would you think about it? So, yeah. so you love somebody because they're your wife or they're your girlfriend. You're saying the same, that's the same logic. No, but you get to choose your wife, you get to choose your girlfriend, you don't get to choose your brother right yeah but the condition the the condition aspect stems from the fact that as i said in the last episode before you start a relationship with somebody there's certain structures that have to fit regardless mm. right yeah something has to fit 
from your end with their end, a structure, yeah, a way of life. Some kind of faith has to exist. Those are fundamental conditions. Mm. Okay. And I All guess right. with families. What's the fundamental, the family thing? Again, the, the other thing is, I'm not even saying family represents a, yeah. a space for unconditional love. I'm not saying that because there's evidence that, that doesn't, that's not the case. Mm. And also because how we define, well, how I understood un- unconditional love from last week was, the, was more of a self-love approach. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll dive into it a bit more. Yeah, carry on with the comments. Yeah, yeah. let me carry on with comments. Thank you. Um, another person says, I personally think there is no conditional love. Once a condition is involved, it is no longer love. Just aiming to meet your conditions or check a box. To me, unconditional love means love with no boundaries. Loving someone before you know their story. Agape type of love. So, um, I guess it's another like faith-driven approach in a way. Um, and then the last comments, and then we can just maybe discuss all three before we dive into the main thing for today, is uh, this person says, this episode was intense in a weird way. There were too many avenues to explore. I feel like I'd probably have to listen again to fully grasp John's perspective. So for context, John is the author of the, not paper, but the thing. Was it paper? That it was read? a paper, yes. Okay. Uh, that, that Wally based, or at least, you know, used to guide the conversation that we had last time. Uh, this person says they're looking forward to the cinema therapy episode on this. Hopefully, to shed more light. Um, you kind of put pressure on us because at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not really sure how much justice this will do to us, but let's find out. And then the person goes on to say, towards the end of the episode, I wondered what quote unquote unconditional love would look like in friendships and among family members and not just romantic relationships. Which is so there's this thing of, you know, when you think about conditional love, you think of, you almost separate the sort of like relationships that you choose and relationships that you're, you're found in and then how that expression of unconditional love changes across both parties. And I think, you know, even as we're trying to talk about the previous comment I read, I don't think there's like any kind of consensus. It's just a very weird, weird shifting thing when you're thinking about unconditional love in those two different contexts. But um, do you want to say something about that or should we just leave that and see if, talking about them no i think we should just comment that the comments are worthy of um a bit of a follow-through because um the first second one you read about the person who said that conditional love is no longer love is inexistent which kind of synonymous with what you said in the last episode um i don't agree with that (laughs) um I I i won't say conditional love is not love i just conceptually, I don't agree with that because love can exist in the in the presence of conditions, because conditions are the foundations for every kind of love expression. You know what? I think I think this actually depends on what you define as conditions. Do you get? So I feel like so conditions, as as I've defined it anyway in the last episode, <laughs> as I've understood it, as I currently see in my eyes and imagine it in my brain. Hmm. Conditions are foundations. So that's a challenge, right? I feel like even when I was listening back to the episode and listening to you define the conditions, like if they are if they aren't foundations, then 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 they are the wheels. It's still vague. Do you get like what is an example of a condition that 
if you still have that condition in there and there's love, it's still love, right? Because I give the example of, you know, um, is a condition something around uh, love languages or communication styles? Are those the kinds of conditions we're talking about? Or are you talking about something else that is deeper than that? Because I think if we don't define what we define, what we're saying conditions are, we will not really come to a consensus. So I've said what my own, con- what I think conditions are. You've started kind of like given a, so like framework example. You know when you meet somebody and then you feel like the person was made for you. Or perhaps you meet somebody or you've been, you're with somebody and they just get you, right? They get you not because they understand your complex brain and whatever, but they probably get you because you guys share some fundamental things that make you tick or that make you not have to untick to every time. Mm. Right. And I think it's those things, right, whether they are your, you know, your needs, functional or emotional, whether they are your way of thinking of the world, is those things or where there are things that we can actually touch and see, i.e. someone's eyes, whatever, or smile, whatever it is, right? These are things that I think we all, people kind of meet. Now, it's very person to person because some of these conditions you would grow into accepting while some of them you meet them on demand so what do i mean by that i think there's in my own life anyways people who i have learned to like through a discovery process with them and see who they have liked at the get-go because they've just found they just had things that matched matched my own way of receiving those things mm. right but regardless of whether it's a start, regardless of whether it was discovered at the start or discovered in the middle, I think the conditions that form the love. Mm. And perhaps this is a problem of language where people just say, oh, well, you have to just align with somebody anyway. So it's not a condition. It's just a match. It's just a, I don't know, attraction. But I'm calling everything that makes you want to see somebody again, you want to see them again in three months, in four months, be with them, laugh with them, go to parties with them. Everything that brings you together in some way are kind of conditions, whether they are abstract, physical, or they are emotional. So this is why I say conditional love exists. And perhaps the uncondition is not saying that, oh, I don't need any conditions and I'll love this person. I don't think that's what it is. I think as we kind of expressed last last week or what we're kind of trying to express, Mm. I think like what they're just saying from that is unconditional love starts from within, within you, right? And maybe not everybody will get from the conditional to the unconditional. And everybody will sustain the unconditional across time. Right. Perhaps because of different reasons. But the unconditional often starts with 
you, self-love, having a tender, open heart, and then expressing that with somebody when those conditions begin to, I won't say shake, but yeah, shake, alter, move up and down, etc. Right. But it's got to start with the conditions. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying that, um, and maybe this is also, this is why we struggle to find a movie about it, because you are completely focused, or it sounds like you're completely focused on just the beginnings, just the initiations, not necessarily like what happens after that. Do you get what I mean? Mm. And maybe I also... I won't say I'm focused on that, but yeah. I'm saying that I'm not taking that beginning for granted. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to highlight the role perhaps where people, the relationship starts because anything that's lasted for so long beginning beginning points i'm not saying like the first day of meeting but the beginning periods shows what made the foundation then the first place yeah so okay hold on is that can we can we come a level like maybe not deeper higher and use examples personal examples maybe could that would because like i'm still just struggling to be fair and yeah because I'm thinking, okay, let me give a, I'm trying to see a personal example of what I think unconditional, like if I meet someone, um, I guess the people that I meet where I don't think about my check boxes or lists, but there's a natural, say, gravitation towards them. But just because I can't put my finger on it doesn't mean there isn't a reason for it. I'm sure if I start down, and maybe you can do this with everything, if you start down long enough, you think about you know, certain things. Because when I think about unconditional love, I don't think of it at beginnings. I don't think, it's very weird to put that at beginnings. When I think of unconditional love, I think about when push comes to shove, does your love go away or does your yeah, love so stay? This is the problem. I think everyone thinks about, about unconditional love as a bulb that lights up or should light up in the presence of danger. Or even or, diff- or, 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 or a test engine mark light when there's there's a bumpy road. But even when you read your chat GPT answer, that's pretty much. I feel like this paper for like that, that. I think I was going to mention this. I feel like you reading this paper as because I don't know. Would you have had this thought prior Good to? Good point. Yeah. Good point. Now let me show you another thing that I saw from School of Life London, and I and I read that out, and perhaps I began to see a triangulation between that and this also i don't think this paper would have uh, let me still address and say i read i read other papers yeah i read about five but this was the one that i felt held the most truth perhaps or struck me the most perhaps a subjective Mm. call but yes okay so um, School of Life posted something just re- recently, like five hours ago, and it said, why true love begins with self-love. Okay. Right? Yeah. With one exception, no animal is capable of hating itself. That exception, of course, is human beings. Mm. It's one of the strangest and most regrettable flaws in our condition. This tendency of self-hatred is not only destructive of our spirit, mm constantly re- undermines our efforts to establish workable relationships. Mm. 
without self-love, love of, of another person will always feel misguided. We will self-destructively set out to repel or disappoint it. Mm. That means we will always try and re- repel or disappoint love of, love of somebody else without self-love, right? Yeah. To counterbalance the hatred, we must learn to extend compassion to ourselves for our self-lacerating impulses. How we feel about ourselves is a bitter legacy of how other people at our formative age viewed and treated us. The adult process of recovery involves grasping that we have absorbed harsh ideas about who we are, but that it is entirely in our power to begin to counteract them. Imagine how a better caregiver might have supported us in the past and how a kind lover might help us in the future. For example, true love is only ever the compassion of the fallen for the fallen. It is the search by one radically imperfect being to express their tenderness at the sight of the struggles and pain of another. We should allow ourselves enough self-love to be able to endure a little kindness. So I read that today. That was posted five hours ago, actually, of this call. And it kind of was synonymous with what we spoke about last week. Because I think true love in this context of what uh, School of Life is saying is unconditional love. Yeah, I'll be honest. Most of that just felt like the beginning was was there, but the end just felt. And that's my problem with School of Life a lot of times. They start like, you know, clear and I feel like they just sometimes yeah, just... They lose they, you along the way. Yeah, they just start rambling and psychobulating around um, unnecessary points in a way. They, but, they lose you along the way. But but this point that you meant, but something they said struck me about the movie that we watch, and this is the first thing we say about the movie. Maybe I'll play um, that scene. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? Just go for it. Yeah, but it's the car scene, so... Um, we didn't really Oh my this God, movie. the car scene. Yeah. You know, bro. when she going by the car, I, I just jumped. Because like, because <laughs> throughout the movie... Know. Nothing and I was like on my, and I was on my phone, just like, oh, this movie, this guy, this guy's face. Oh my god, this this is this boy. I was on my phone, going up and down from my phone to the screen to the screen. Yeah. And then they had the argument in the car, and I was like, oh, this is just cliche. And then she hits. Yes, it's. I'm like, oh my god. And so I thought she died because I was like, I actually what? like her. I don't kill her. She was so cute and sweet, man. Like, yeah, oh, she just, yeah, she doesn't. She, I just want to hug her like troll like everyone's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, let me just quickly read the plot um, as quickly as I can. I just hope so. Um, so, Satakili is a charming and popular 18-year-old who has spent his senior year of high school partying and drinking alcohol. When his girlfriend, Cassidy Roy, um, breaks up with him, Sata goes home and writes a college application statement in which he says that his biggest hardship in life has been getting dumped by her. He goes out and gets blackout drunk after sneaking into a bar. The next morning, Sata is woken up on the front lawn by Amy Finicky, a girl in his year whose name he does not know. Amy is in the middle of her mother's paper route and Sata joins her to track down his car. The next day, he asks her to tutor him in geometry. He learns that she's smart, funny, and into sci-fi and comics. Sata goes home and deletes his supplement he wrote about his life's biggest hardship. Um, he takes Amy to a party the next day and they go for a walk and drink. Amy confesses she has never been drunk before, never had a boyfriend and does not think she can go to college because she has to take care of her mother. Sata tells her she's not responsible for her mother before complimenting and kissing her. Um, let me just... Uh, let me try and skip through. So anyways, 
that that sets the tone, right? Boy meets girl, or boy meets girl, popular guy in school, not a popular girl, all of that standard trope, which is why Wally doesn't like the movie. So of course, yeah. So, anyways, um, they both come from very like dysfunctional homes in a kind of way. Um, so Sutter's uh, parents are divorced, um, and the mom hasn't allowed him to speak to his dad or connect with his dad since the dad left the house. And it's kind of like held a resentment towards his mother, thinking that she's the reason why his dad left and isn't around. Like, even though the story is that he cheated on his mother, um, he thinks there was there are two sides to the story. Anyways, he, he and Amy kind of like make a pact that she would tell her mother that she's going to college regardless of what the mother says. And Sota would have to go tell his mom to give him his dad's number. Fast forward the story, he gets the number from his sister and then he goes to see his dad. And as you can imagine, he's kind of like disappointed about the whole thing, right? Because his dad is quite deadbeat. Um, a lot of things happen. A couple of things transpired to really hit home that point. But then on the car ride home, him feeling disappointed and everything and just feeling, you know, down on everything. Self-hate. Self-hate, exactly. As the article Wally said, um, read, they had this conversation in the car, which I'm going to play out now. I think I did a good job on the plot. Let's go. I'm sure that he wanted to come back. <laughs> okay, context here. So um, when, he was to, when he went to see his dad, his dad left them on the bar at the diner for a bit and said, he will, and said they should wait for him in his house, that he would come and meet them. Um, but then they waited, he didn't come. And then they went back to the diner and saw that the dad was like just drinking with his friends and whatnot. So that's why she said, you know, she's telling him she's sure his dad wanted to come back. She's trying to make him feel better. Just context. If it wasn't for her, I'm sure he would have come right back. Yeah, and if he didn't cheat on my mom, then we'd still be family, and I'd be present my Sunday school class. Sutter. Wow. I love you. Did you hear me? Yeah. Sutter, I love you. No, you don't. First of all, like... That came out of the blue. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Just telling someone you love them, right? In the middle of... I am in no space to, di- <laughs> to dictate when people should say, I love you to people. Oh, jeez. Um, cop out. Cop out. My guy, <laughs> the cop out. I'm not copping out because my experience of that is not particularly the standard as well. So... Yeah, but rational. Let's like, like let's not say what the. I mean, I guess maybe in certain moments you realize because that I love you thing. Like people, so, some people know it, but they but they say it like a while after. Some people realize it at some point, and, they, and at the point where they realize, it, they just say it. Yeah. Right. So it could be that she's one of those people where she realized that in the moment when she was seeing him hurting. Yeah. She realized how much she cared for him, or how much she was hurting too, and feeling his pain. She was like, oh, crap, I actually love this dude. And she told him, like, she loves him. And she wasn't saying that to try and comfort him, but just to say that, look, even if your dad was not there, I am here and I love you and I'll be here with you through thick and thin. So I think it was a way to also remind him that he's loved by somebody as well as her realizing in the moment as well. So mm. I, I thought it was cool. The, guys, the, the guy was a useless boy um, <laughs> who didn't deserve the girl, but... Yeah, but from when she said it, I was like, nah, bruh, like, not not right now, because 
there's no way this ends well. I, I can't. I think that's what I'm saying. Like I don't. I don't think I can imagine a world where, in the moment she I, said I it, can. Ah, well, we're different people. Let me just keep playing. I mean, do you want to talk about why you can? I mean, obviously, you're sad. You're probably heartbroken because you thought about seeing your seeing your dad for like years, and 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 when you see him, he turned out to be this um, Agboro guy. <laughs> but there's still people who hear that, and in spite of their sadness appreciate that moment but they will not particularly switch up and say oh i'm i'm suddenly happy jolly but they will yeah. appreciate the moment i think for me a better maybe i'm just thinking about it in terms of my communication style but i feel like a better way would not have been to say the words but to just be there which she already was right i guess he was hurting and you know all of that it was a very quiet ride home and you know he was feeling somehow but you know she said it and I think his immediate reaction was kind of like, that's like great, like, yeah. And then he said, Did you hear what I said? I lo-. And so for me, that also then puts a bit of pressure on, okay, yes, I've heard what, like, what's that supposed to make me feel? Like, honestly, as nice, even if it was a nice guy, the tendency to want to respond in a kind of lashy way in that moment is very high, which is why I just, I don't know. Guys, tell, tell us what you think. I don't think you're going to watch the movie, but anyways, watch the scene and think of the context Somebody I just might gave. have already, anyway. Yeah. To be fair. I know some I, of you have because I know some of you like this kind of cringy movies. I know some of you. No, but it's not a popular one. You know, this is the first time I've ever actually like seen it, like or like. Seen, but to be or fair, the movie did it. grow though. I, like, yeah, the, the, the first, the first, of, yeah, the first act was weird, but it it quickly developed and you began to feel some kind of emotion, like, and it wasn't cringy anymore. It was just like, yeah, like people go through stuff. Each dies, I'm perfect. I feel like that would have been too like it, it would have, they would have needed another movie. After that, because yeah, in a perfect way to say, look, yeah. <laughs> in life sometimes you mess up, you mess up real bad, and you, yeah. and you live with that. That mess I thought up she up. died, bro. Like because after the hospital thing, I thought she had died, and I was like, okay, let me see how this movie is going to go because bro, I thought she died. I was yeah. like, this bastard. I was cussing it. You, <laughs> you, 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 you killed the girl. Yeah, bro. Because I was like, I was, I was really, she survived. She I was excited. Broken. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was actually anticlimactic. Like it was. Oh, good. should have been like. I thought she'd been like on like a wheelchair. Yeah, no, actually, I do. I, I wanted Am it to I be too dark. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I wanted it to be zero or hundred. Like I wanted it to like either nothing like died and but that that wheelchair thing would have been very weird because honestly that would have been very deep. So what do you expect him to do? Because he start to feel guilty. Yeah, and, and then, like. Would she ever believe that his love is genuine, or he just feels guilty for exactly. putting her in that in that situation? But let, honestly, we've gone. Let, let's play the scene. We're still having a minute left. Yes, I do. No, you know it wrong. Said I'm not wrong. <laughs> don't love me. Yes, I do. You're wrong. You don't love me. Okay, you're just drunk and you're grateful that somebody came along and showed interest in you. Okay, stop. Stop. Do not try and mess this up. What up? What do you think that this is, Amy? What are you talking? As you can tell, they like, yeah, the guy distracted driving. Again, why you shouldn't be having this conversation while somebody <laughs> is hurting his driving? But anyways, they nearly hit a truck. That was like close shave number one. You think, okay, fine. They just scared us in the movie. Everything is. <laughs> you, you, know one time, you know one time I was in Lagos, yeah? It was, I was coming back from... <laughs> I was coming back from the beach, no, from the, from the island. I, I think I didn't see my babe. I can't. I can't yeah, know yeah, I think point. I know the story. I know the story. What's the story? What's Tell me. Was it the day you guys? You guys had a fight over there, and on the way on the ride over, you guys kind of like that's when the relationship was ending. No, no, no. no okay, no, 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 no
<laughs> anyway, I, I, I wasn't I was in traffic here on Top Milan Bridge. Yeah. And you know, like some guys were selling origin. Okay. Yeah, on like on the road now. Yeah. So I think I I, I think I bought origin because I was just I had it I, I was tired. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't I can't no. No, it wasn't original I bought. I, and I just bought a drink. Okay. And then I was just tired, tired of this traffic. And I know where I went to was not fruitful. Mm. And then next thing I know, like you no know, so so for anybody who hasn't been in Lambert traffic, it just moves very slowly over a very long time. Mm. Anyway, to cut the story short, I hit the guy in front of me, like I bump his like we're going we're going slow, but yeah. I accelerate and hit his, yeah, his car his, like yeah. but I did that out of like I was just tired, I just did boom. Mm. As I, and then I, I suddenly just woke up. Yeah. So I almost I was sleepy, but I was like just like aware, yeah. And I suddenly just woke up. I was like, oh fuck. And then two guys and then, and then two guys came out two guys came out of the car. Yeah. I was like, oh god, I'm dead. Mm. And then I just came out of the car. And then I, before they could speak, I just, I just I just began to say, I'm sorry, I sneezed. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, that guy was about to talk, and the other guy, I, yeah. I, I, I just looked at him. I said, "I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry, Sam. I'm, I'm sorry." That guy's like, "But Sam, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please help me. I'm sorry. Help." I said, "I'm sorry at least hundred times before they could speak, and they just left, and and, and they did not say one word." Tactics of. Tactics of getting out of trouble. Just <laughs> nothing uh, word. Oh god. Oh god. Anyway, okay. yeah. Right. Back. To Let the, me continue. Yeah. Back getting to this hot guy. here. Oh my god. Oh my god. Are you okay? What? Are you alright? No. Are you it, hurt? Is there anything that? Is, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I wanted to slap her here. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah no i see what you mean it yeah. was but isn't that a problem with us though if you're thinking that to think I, about it i don't know man i don't if somebody's know. showing you care in a position whereby they are also hurt that's not a bad thing though so why are we conditioned to, to feel irritated because it doesn't feel rational i guess and then one can what argue that love is it's like I feel like it just felt overboard. Like someone has nearly just crashed you guys and you know, because of distraction and whatnot. And I guess you generally feel concerned for the person. But in that moment, even if you are pretending, like pretend like, oh shit, like, you know, so I don't know. It just it just I don't Okay, know. let me ask you yeah. a question. So if you're in the car with your woman, yeah, right, and you escape a narrow close call accident. Yeah. Won't you look and say oh are you okay are you okay even if you're arguing yes but i maybe it's just the energy and her acting i don't know if they deliberately asked her to do that way but considering <laughs> his reaction it was just what is sweet was, young, oh young woman oh like oh my god are you okay like bro it's like don't like it's like she didn't wasn't even paying attention to what had just happened right and I guess someone can call it unconditional love i mean i just call that like ugh. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Because like I don't know. I, I think and I, I think it's a fundamental I think it's actually key to ask ourselves if how we see that being a ugh is actually a problem on our part. I no, think it might so, be. Yeah, I'm not saying black and white, ugh. I'm just saying like that happened. 
and like I would you, you said that I should put myself in that situation if I wasn't the one driving right and that happened and almost a close shave I think I'll first look at the person to gauge their reaction right in the sense of like you know is this person feeling like super flustered right now and is there not like I'm waiting for a sense of sorry on their face but it's like she didn't even give him time to process what he had just like done and she's already like you get i, I don't know i don't know maybe it's just me thinking about it and looking at it from the outside but i get maybe what she you just mean give it, maybe she just give you the uh the, the, yeah maybe she's just she's not for you bro no no way. no but that's the funny thing at, at, at the beginning i really like and even on the trailer i kind of like digged her because she wasn't you, you know what sorry I kind of digged her. Oh, dog. Is it dog or dig? <laughs> you know. I'm not use that word. Thanks. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why was wrong it with just, the word? It just, okay. just caught my ears in the wrong way. In the wrong way. Okay. No, but I'm just trying to say like, you know, the typical character of the girl that is the nerd in school and all of that, you never really find them cute until they do some extreme makeover or whatever and then it starts to look fine. This movie wasn't that because from the beginning, I found her attractive. Just her personality and like the way she was vibing, right? Not even in the way High School Musical made Gabriella seem like smart, but still like cutish. This this one wasn't. She grew into that cuteness almost as a response to his attention. That's what pissed me off. Which is, I guess, is normal because she'd never had a boyfriend. For those who are, who are not going to watch a movie and all of those things. But anyways, I can't believe we're spending time on this clip. But anyways, let me just play the rest of it. To be fair, this was the only like real conversation as opposed to what happened at the end. I said you might like, so let me just play this. Jesus. Are you hurt? Amy, what is ma- what is matter? Oh, God. Let me just please. She just killed you, Sorry. and you want to know if I'm okay? Yeah, I want to make sure that you're okay. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you not see that I'm bad for you? You need Sorry. to get away from me. You need to what get the fuck about? away from me. Amy, get, get out of my car. You no, I'm not gonna get out of here. So for me, for me, that's where the guy lost me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, like, what? Do, like, are you mad? Like, so for me, that's why he took it. I can't imagine a world where someone tells tell me to get out of their car. Yeah, like, I think we're done for life. No, honestly, like, what would I do that would tell you to say, "Guy, leave my car." Leave my car. Like, like, can, can you get down? At that uh, point, at that point, you'd be like, "Bro, okay." Like, I get that year. I that's when you now try and come like, "Hey," but then let me just play it. So you guys must fight that Get out. Get the fuck out of my car! Oh and my then she not, it kind of hit wait, again. Wait, wait, why are you giving it to Jesus Amy? Christ! I'm sorry, Sutter! What are you doing? <laughs> Amy! Yeah. Oh, gosh. Sometimes get out of their car and the car hits me after getting out of their car. <laughs> Bro. Uh-huh. You get that. And in the next scene, she's like still kissing him and whatnot with her freaking arm in the cast. Bro, like, right, they, they made me hit the girl by the end of the movie. Let me just know that. So, like, does that mean you didn't hit unconditional love then? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good that we brought it back to the time. <laughs> good question. No. I got you there, innit? Yeah, no, no, but good question. Because I think some what of I us cannot handle and expressions of, 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 of unconditional love. That's the thing. This I don't see this as unconditional love. I just see this as stupidity. That's the problem. Why? Because okay, how else? Wait, maybe wait, stupidity wait, wait, is a wait. strong word. How maybe. else will you manifest unconditional love if not a scenario whereby somebody does not deserve it? So my problem is not in showing this love that she has. Where is? I guess my problem is the way it's expressed. Like the way the package it it comes in reeks of 
I don't know. I don't want to say low self-esteem or whatnot. Okay. But so is it just about? Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I just feel like the package. It, it, it felt like it was coming in. Didn't feel like this was a love that. Like for me, it didn't feel. It didn't. It didn't feel like. I just. I don't know. It just felt like love that this person hasn't completely understood. Is it? And, so yeah. is it about how to how to express herself? Yeah, and problematic. And the vibe. And the vibe that. I don't think enough at maybe this is me trying to impose conditional love or unconditional love but i don't know the expression of it was just off for me um and didn't like if they both got married right i would be very keen to see how far that marriage would go which honestly brings me to and my connectors to the movie that i ended up watching that you didn't watch but let's not go there yet um so for context guys um 45 years was the other option um and it was about i don't know I, I don't want to talk about the plots but for five years gonna find it and we're gonna watch that but i think it didn't focus enough on like the beginning and sort of like going through the phases of love it focused a lot more on a couple that has been together for a long time what happens when you find out information that then makes you question all the love that you've generated that would have been a fantastic we still have we can we about. can do it we can do it now we've talked about Sutter. let's do it now because you've watched but i haven't you, seen it who actually not to watch it i ended who actually not watched two it. movies in one week i did i did i suffered for the both of us so um but we can still talk about it i don't think we can like i you go, you understand the premise of it right okay let me before we move on to a different movie let me just yeah. say this as well and perhaps my my point about conditional love his first babe, Cassidy, his first girlfriend, she told him that the reason why she cannot be with him is that she wanted a future. Mm. That is conditional love right there. It doesn't mean she did not love him because clearly when, when Marcos came back to talk to her and say, oh, she speaks about him, she speaks about Sutter in a way whereby she doesn't speak about him. So Marcos was, was Sutter's ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Right, and her, her name was Cassidy. So Marcus told Soto that Cassidy speaks about Soto in a way that she doesn't speak about him. Mm. And clearly, we saw in the movie that throughout their interactions, even after they broke up, she still felt stuff for him. Yeah. But her her one drawback, her one anchor, her one shadow from just mm. moving on with him was the fact that if they that guy. She didn't see a future with him because he was yeah. useless. Mm. And that's and that and that's that's like that's that's conditional there. And you can say maybe condition in, in that sense is problematic. But for her, even though he fits different structures, right? Even though even though he they like the same things, he made her laugh. Yeah. They even though his personality was what she wanted, even though even though they had similar style of communicating, whatever it was, but her top condition, which was some kind of ambitious value, mm. he, he wasn't meeting that. And it meant that all the yeah. conditions were not enough. Yeah. But, but she still loved him. Mm-hmm. Now, unconditional love is not then saying that, oh, well, if it's true love, should have stayed with him. Yeah, regardless. Regard- What's unconditional I, love and, and saying? I, and I don't believe that. I believe that emotional love in, in that place could not work because the guy himself at that point mm-hmm. was already was self-hating. He did not have unconditional love with himself yeah. first. 
because, because if it did, yeah, his future, it had, it had begun to understand Amapa's future. Yeah. Yeah. To fit the context of the relationship he was with that girl. Mm. So, if someone says like, oh, well, um, I love you, but I think I don't see a future with you because we're just going different paths. It doesn't mean that love is just fake. Hmm. It just means that for some reason, one person's main condition, right, which is part of what their own, their own um, which part of what feeds their own unconditional love, yeah, is something that you're probably putting as in, your, your bottom, break, yeah. if, if not yeah. absent. Hmm. Hmm. So, you know, funny it, enough, so this, it may not be so it may not be true love, but it's a definitely lesser form of love because it still needs yeah. a complete yeah. picture. Yeah. And you know, funny enough, it also in a weird way, although this wasn't about love, it connects to the scene where um he he has a a, temp, a job, right? And um the owner of the store, I think it's there's a Thai store, they sell like men accessories and stuff. And so the owner of the store calls him into a room and tells him, Hey, like you know, um, things are, the business isn't going too well and I can only keep one clerk at the moment. And immediately Sata is like, oh, I understand. And he's about to like, you know, he's already just, this is a self-hate. So I think this movie was more about actually self-hate as opposed to, you know. It was a movie ab- an, an, about a lost young man trying, who, trying to find himself and find, find how he could love himself. It was just, he gave up already. Yeah. Yeah. He gave up on, on, on the future of... He didn't want to leave high school. It was a bit of a Peter Pan syndrome as well. True, true, um, true. It was a lost young man who just could not love himself to the, to the chances, to take chances that were in front of him. Yeah. Whether it's the help of his teacher, whether it's his mom and sister being there for him, whether it's his new girlfriend or his old girlfriend. Mm. You know... Whether it was his boss, all those things. Hmm. So this is why the person's comment earlier. Um, I get when people say conditional love is not love, but I don't think love is just one absolute entity. I think you can have lesser forms and stronger forms. Um, that just makes more sense to me in my in my own head. Hmm. And perhaps. The stronger form of love requires both parties to have that deep self, deep, strong self-love first, or at some point together for the, for the conditions to keep ticking or for the conditions to not matter as they evolve mm. or to yeah. find new conditions together. I, I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, well... Um, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, so it, it sounds like if we're going to talk about, and let's try and just cap it off. I don't know if it's even a capping off point. But and, and, the, and the other thing as well is, I think, what's the girl's name, Amy? Yeah, Amy. His new girlfriend. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 Amy. She definitely had some kind of... Low self-esteem. Sauce. No. Brian's so, low self no. <laughs> okay. She definitely had some kind of um. She was te- she was very tender with herself, which is why, like, I mean, I just said now that if somebody got me got me out of their car, 
and the, and the car hit me and process I'm done bro but why like don't you remember but, the scene where where after he asked her for prom doesn't message her for a couple of days and then eventually meets and then she's like hey like I understand if like do you still want to go I understand if you don't want to go you know people change their minds and everything like what would you isn't that a I don't know expecting the worst kind of thing and people that expect the worst isn't that a sort of reflection on what how they see themselves what do you mean, or, sorry you know like he asked her out for prom right but then after like two or three days he was avoiding her for whatever reason and then when he finally met up with her the watch was asking avoiding her and after he kissed her the first time in the woods um yeah but then he kissed her and asked her to prom that same it was it was a double was a double oh, okay. thing that happened I yeah probably missed that part yeah yeah so I'm just saying, like, you know, she had a conversation with him and trying to tell him that, hey, like, you know, I, I understand if you've changed your mind and whatnot. I didn't see it at the time as her having low self-esteem, but isn't that, like, a point to be made there? I'm just trying to defend my point of her having low self-esteem. I, I don't know if she had low self-esteem because I don't even know what self-esteem really means. Because um, this could be the argument for folks not wanting to be, and I'm paying devil's advocates here for whatever reason, sure. but this this could be the argument for people not wanting to be open or, you know, soft because it's like, there's a slight part of you that thinks if you let yourself be hurt, it means you don't like love or respect yourself enough. Like, isn't, shouldn't it be the reverse that if, if you... Like, isn't it like a very thin brother line between self-hate and also like actually respecting yourself enough to not expose yourself to damaging situations under the auspices Yes, perhaps. Of, I guess yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it in my own life. Maybe like if, some, if somebody, if somebody causes deliberate harm to me, if somebody consciously tries to inflict pain. Yeah. It is my job to use my memory to remember that attempt or that event or that experience and take action next time they're around me. Mm. Prevent action, right? Yeah. But that's different from when I meet somebody and we're exploring what we could be, but I'm not getting everything that I can get from them which will give me a good signal of what we can be but they are still in the picture so I don't so I don't want to expose myself too much because I don't want them to walk away after I've, I, I think that's a different scenario because in the, in the other scenario the first scenario the experience has already been there you've been hurt mm. but this other scenario we're almost like preempting preempting or trying to calculate possibilities and to act towards those possibilities. So in this case, in this case of the babe, you're saying that obviously if she had higher high self-esteem, after somebody ignored you for a few days, you should probably just know that, okay, I'm done. Nah, not even right. I'm done. Or, but or, yeah. or perhaps even after he said she should get out of his car, whatever, she shouldn't have come back to him or she shouldn't have she went to be with him. But my argument mm. there is that I think that was a good example of how some human beings, not myself, because I'm not there yet, but some mm. human beings who are very, 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 very pure. Mm. Like pure in the world. And, and the word pure there shows that you, that you are yet to be corrupted by the bad experiences of the world, right? 
But also, even if you even if you have been, you're choosing to to remove that as if it never exists. But she was so pure that she just just focused on what mattered, which was she was giving every possible chance to him to be who she saw that he could be. Mm. Despite what the script might say she should not do, even after someone said, leave my car. Mm. Which is something that no many of us can do. I, I probably cannot do that, to be honest. Mm. But again, I'm not... Maybe it's my job to be as to be as pure as Amy. Pure in the sense that even when I've been faced with some things that are embarrassing or things that, that I feel like disrespectful, I still give a benefit of doubt a chance, a kind of expression that shows that this person is not perfect, right? So let me still allow them, give them a chance to open up and touch their heart or touch my heart. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that's, that's one way to, to look at it. Um, how do you want to tie this up? I think we fall back to the same conclusion that we uh, kind of had. I think, first of all, the problem is everyone has different understandings of un- unconditional love and conditional love. So it's hard to reach an, an agreement on that. Secondly, we can't, we, we can't also agree on the timelines and whether they matter. So whether the discussions of, of love being conditional or unconditional should start at the point of beginning or should start at the point of love being sustained years later. Mm. Right, so that's another debate. Um, another debate as well is to say, well, with whom does unconditional love actually matter most to? Mm. Right, the self or the other person? Because if it's the self, then if it, when do you then say, okay, enough is enough in in the presence of being in a bad relationship yeah right so these are these are like three three outstanding i think my stance on that is is quite evident because for the very very first part i think conditional love exists but it's lesser form of love Hmm. for the second part i think conditional love is perhaps part of what starts the foundations keeps the wheels going at a certain point even though it evolves because people change and things change but it definitely starts and keeps the foundations but there's always one condition that i think both parties will hold so dearly that if they break (laughs) would shake up relationship in spite of unconditional love because 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 can can be broken up but the love can remain yeah right and that's and that's still very very possible because we see that through I mean, it's not it's not often the case whereby we observe it clearly because love can become hate very easily. Because if you strongly love somebody, you can strongly hate them mm. so easily. Um, and I'll give and, and I'll give you an example. Like even when I even even when I've liked somebody, not love, but even when I've liked somebody in the past, and we've gone our different ways. Mm. Like there's times when if stuff has happened after that probably could have caused quarrels. I've there's times where I've I've felt like surges of what the F. Like I want to react with such a strong emotion. Yeah. But that strong emotion is only mirroring 
the likeness that once existed. Mm. Right? But, I mean, perhaps, I guess. So, I guess my point there is like, when people are together with conditions existing, there's always a top condition, I guess, that if broken, can probably break the relationship. But I don't think that relationship being broken means that every conditional, every unconditional love breaks with that. Because it depends on the thing that, that is breaking. Um, if, if, if somebody gains weight, that's different from if if somebody suddenly has to, I don't know, feel like, I don't know, if someone suddenly wakes up in 50 years and realizes that everything they knew about the family was a lie and then suddenly that, that, shift, that, shift, that, shift, that shifts their identity and mm. then suddenly they become a different husband or a different wife. Mm. You know, mm. and then, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think you can probably hold some kind of love even after the relationship breaks. Um, but these are, these are things that I, I probably will not understand until time also gives me a chance to understand them better. Yeah. And finally, I guess my last point was to say the starting the starting points are always very very important as well because the conditions manifest themselves in several ways in those in those points. Mm. And if we, well, if I, looking back, if I misunderstand my conditions or rather misprioritize my conditions. It's possible that I'll then get into like something in two years, one year, and I realize and I realize that oh actually this is not working. Whereas mm. I misprioritized or mis misplaced my condition at the start. Right. So I think that's that starting point is perhaps the most important point to set the tone for the unconditional love. But the lesson from that is from Amy as well, is I believe. Try, try your best be, to return to purity because purity is probably when we were kids or zero age zero so try our best to return to purity try our best to maintain the promise of unconditional love that which we were given by default which we have the ability to by default mm-hmm. right I don't think it's an unrealistic hope I don't think it's I don't think it's something a vision that cannot be achieved um I think is I think we just have to find the flow of, of how of, of how we connect to the unconditional love, and this is one chat that we had last week that I swear like I've been thinking about it a lot throughout the week, and I've been applying to like everything, like everything, well not everything, but I've, I've applied to a couple of things throughout my week because hmm. whether it's like handling a problem with my with my parent or somebody a passerby or somebody at the gym saying saying hello in a different way. Yeah. Um I've been trying to like think about it a lot and just point out to myself areas where I'm not being tender. And mm. I'm surprised that there's actually a lot of areas that I'm not being tender. Um if you think about it more, more deeply. So people like Amy are the strong ones I believe because that's the hard job loving when when you don't have a reason to love. Um, and being vulnerable to the point whereby a car hits you, but you're still open. You're still open to, to welcoming love back in. So yeah, that's my conclusion, I guess. Um, topic is too complex, perhaps for one or two episodes, or for my brain anyway. But I just hope yeah. we've 
I've, I think I've done my best as far as I can. I'm at this moment in time, at my age, to unpack this. And I don't know about you guys listening, but that's the way you think. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next few years. Cool, cool. All right, let's leave it at that. Um, I don't think I have any more to, to add to that, to be fair. Like you said, I don't think it's something that we can really unpack. Um, if finding a movie was difficult, unpacking the thing itself was difficult. I think there are different things to consider as well in terms of even the definitions of what unconditional love means and at what point we're talking about um, and what conditions mean if they do mean anything. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of your week, guys, depending on when you're listening to this. And we'll be back again in your ears with the next episode, whatever that episode will be. Um, we shall see. Where this is Juicy. So at 14, which means we have like six more to go. So three episodes and three um, movie reviews. It's been a long but exciting season. And uh, for those of us or those of you that have stuck with us from the start, we appreciate you as always. And yeah, let me leave it there and keep this one just about under an hour. Enjoy, guys. Take it easy. Much love. Bye-bye. Cheerios. And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.